Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right. No co-host to rein me in. Just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer from the low, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for Ghosts and Suits with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined by one of our favorites here on the show, that would be Rocco Miller. He is so tuned in to everything that we are seeing in college basketball now. We did do the interview before Max Acemas of Oral Roberts decided to go to Texas. So in the final segment, I'll have a little bit more reaction there. But with Rocco, we're going to be talking a little bit more general. We did a little bit over a 20-minute conversation just talking about what we've all been seeing in the transfer portal this offseason. He's going to be mentioning some schools that have went a little bit under the radar in terms of the moves that they've made because we all know about the offseason that the likes of Duke, the likes of Gonzaga have had, West Virginia as well, but we're going to be throwing out there some schools that are still in the power conferences, but schools that have been able to do a nice job of being able to bring in some fits, and we're just going to be talking about the landscape of college basketball as well, the expectations for coaches to get things turned around a little bit more in this day and age, how important chemistry still is in college basketball as well, what he makes just out of all these teams that are trying to get things assembled and the way to really just build a good program and the way that many of these guys are hoping to be featured at new schools. We have been seeing quite a few guys that they had good numbers at higher levels, at teams that were actually relatively solid last year, deciding that they're going to be going to a sub-250 Kempom team and are going to be looking to turn them around. So we got a nice wide-ranging chat in segment number two with our good friend Rocco. And then in the final segment, we give you guys a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball on Thursday. And there were quite a few of them. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other way. That's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And please do send these in because we've been having some short first segments just because we don't have a ton to really be able to take a look forward to as of yet because there's a lot of murkiness in the transfer portal. So that has been a little bit of an issue and can't really start conference previews until we do get more answers in terms of what's happening in the transfer portal. I'm hoping that by the time late May is, we could dive into more of those low slash mid majors and then build ourselves up to the power conference teams towards the back half of the offseason. But that said, what we do have is an amazing chat with Rocco Miller coming up next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast.
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. We're back here with Love you, Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Ips Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family a Podcast. And it is great to be joined by this man as Rocco Miller does an absolutely incredible job of taking a look at college basketball. He does so all 12 months out of the year. You're able to find him at bracketeer.org. He travels all across the country taking a look at these various schools. I know that right now, this time of year, he's very much working on the non-conference scheduling that we're going to be seeing for a lot of these teams as well, working in conjecture with them to help some of these teams that maybe they don't want to be playing against a whole bunch of top 25 Kempom teams, be able to avoid that. And these teams are looking to seek them out He's able to help them seek it out, and we always see great college basketball insights from Rocco Miller, and he always delivers And You're able to follow him on Twitter, at Rocco Miller, and the number eight altogether. And Rocco, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, great to be back on. Thank you for the kind words. How have you been? Things have been terrific for me. Obviously, it's going to be a very long offseason, but there is no rest anymore in the offseason because, as you know, this has become a 12-month out-of-the-year sport, and what have you made out of just – the recent boom of the transfer portal, and I'm not even talking about the last 10 years. I'm talking about the last three or four because even from just doing this podcast about three to four years ago, it's been much more ambunctious in April than I can ever remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think at this point in time, you know, we probably could have said it last year. It's a one-year at a time sport for basically everybody involved. You know, there's so much turnover beginning with the coaches, a good average number in the last five years, minus a couple of the COVID years, there weren't as many changes because of just the instability of the world. But now that we're back into kind of full flowing business of college basketball, you can count on about 60 or more coaching changes out of 360 or so teams. What I tell programs is, hey, if you're in a 12 team league, You can just count on an average every year of two coaches changing. Maybe some years you get lucky and there won't be any, but other years you might get four or more. And that's pretty much just what the numbers shake down to is basically one in every six coaches are going to be replaced or they'll have a change for one reason or another. Now, with all the player availability to move, plus the COVID year still being in play, that makes it a five-year cycle instead of a four-year cycle. The majority of coaches, the large majority of coaches prefer to have old players versus taking high school recruits or much of a chance on a young player. So even if you're at a school like in North Carolina, like a top of the line program, you might bring in three or four, four-star kids as a freshman or a sophomore. Then there might be another power five team that's ready to play that kid next year. Or he'll be gone. We saw that play out with MJ Rice, for example, uh, sat on the bench for Kansas for a year now. He'll play quite a bit for NC State next year. And that's just a numbers game. Everybody's got to prioritize winning. And a lot of programs, that means I need older, experienced guys that can grasp concepts, that can navigate the waters, uh, that just have a little bit more talent developed uh, instead of just raw potential. And I just think everybody's got to look out for themselves first and foremost in this process. And for a lot of guys, that means it's time for a change almost annually. Now, the things that will be very interesting to follow in the future will be once we go back to a four-year cycle, I do think high school recruiting will get a lot more prioritized than it is now, especially with those top 50 level players to the top programs again. 
And then not only that, but also depending on how much the NCAA can enforce a two-time transfer from having to sit that second time. We haven't seen that play out yet, but we do know that the portal this year will technically be closed on May 11th. But we have an NBA draft deadline that is May 31st, 20 days later. And there's going to be a bunch of tweeners that don't decide till the last minute. And a lot of those guys are going to want to hit the portal. So I don't know how they're going to be able to police that. I don't think you can really stop a kid from joining a team. Maybe that means he has to do a waiver. But we all know how waivers work, Greg. To me, it seems like the bigger brand you have, the more you bring to the table, you know, from a marketability standpoint, you know, like a national brand, like an Indiana getting the waiver today for Xavier Johnson, for example. I think the better chance you're going to be able to get a waiver for a kid that's transferred twice before he graduates. But if you're a team like, you know, SIU Edwardsville, probably going to be stuck having to sit that kid for a year. And that's going to be largely problematic if that happens, because then that kid sits for a year and then he gets recruited again the next April. So we have a lot of things that still remains to be seen. Yep, there is a lot that needs to be shaken out, but we are getting more and more answers as the days go along as Rocco Miller does great work over at Bracketeer.org is joining me on the podcast. And Rocco, one of the main things I've noticed from this year's transfer portal is we don't have as many guys like a Kendrick Davis from last year that I think is going to be a superstar, though Hunter Dickinson. Him being out there in the transfer portal is big. We saw Ray J. Dennis enter into the transfer portal about 24 or so hours ago as well. I think that Whoever gets him, they're going to be getting a nice haul. But I take a look at this year's transfer portal, and it feels like a lot of risk-reward. A lot of these guys at their former top 100, top 150 recruits, and they just didn't get a lot of minutes at their previous school. Or in the case of someone like a Khalil Ware, a top 10, top 15 recruit, it just didn't pan out for him at Oregon. He moves over to Indiana. What do you make out of this trend that we are seeing? Because I do think that with regards to the portal this year, it leads to perhaps more gold being on the other side, but it could lead to more flops as well. Yeah, I think you'll see it go both ways. There's certainly no guarantees, especially with some of those guys that haven't fully developed. That's just really knowing your program and your staff, and and you have to kind of believe in your ability to take that kid to the next level. The good news, you know, for a guy like Ware is, you know, he's been through it at least one year, kind of knows what to expect going into year two, depending on your system. Maybe you can start to cater to that particular player's strengths better, maybe just a better overall fit. Everything varies so much because I think when a marriage is made, and in the portal, as you know, Greg, the marriages come quick. (laughs) So you don't have a lot of time to analyze and know for sure it's going to be a great fit. So you're going to see a lot of guys that don't work out the way that everybody hoped, and there'll be a parting of ways like we've seen over the last handful of years. That will certainly continue. You know, the coaches that really work hard and find players that fit their program, especially like mid-major type teams and A-10 teams, AAC teams, they'll be rewarded for that because they'll have the opportunity to get that kid into their doors and take not only advantage of him getting another year, but also start to use that talent in a more suitable way. If you're one of like six, five stars playing for Oregon or for for Duke or, you know, a big program, you can quickly get lost in the shuffle. And even if you're getting minutes, you can certainly not have like the offense or schemes totally built for you or have the team play through you. So that's where the opportunity lies in kind of the next tier of college basketball for some of these guys and they can really elevate their game to the next level and be the leader in some of those cases so there's a little bit of luck involved but i think there's also a lot of skill involved for both the staff and the kid himself if the kid takes the time and researches like how these rosters are being shaped ahead of time where they might fit into that roster and how these coaches might use that kid 
you know, the better off for him too. So it goes both ways, but there's a reason why you see a lot of the same teams doing well with this process and some of the same teams not doing well. Yes, I think that there is going to be a lot of intrigue with this. And you talk about guys becoming the leader of their team. Something I've noticed in recent days is that we've seen a lot of guys that they had solid results with good teams decide to transfer down a little bit. I thought it was very fascinating that Noah Reynolds, who it looked like was going to Wisconsin, is instead going to be playing for his former assistant at Wyoming, and he heads to UW-Green Bay to play with Mr. Sonny Wicks. That was one that really stood out to me. Shahada Wells, who is a solid contributor at TCU, not a guy that lit the world on fire or anything like that. Him going to McNeese, and it feels like there are more and more guys that they look at a program and they think, man, this was a little bit of a rough program, but I could be that guy. And I think that this is very encouraging. And I think it could lead to even more competitiveness from these teams that were maybe a little bit more downtrodden in recent years. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's just where relationships can really pay off. Really awesome to see Sundance get that job, first of all. He's one of the better personalities in the sport. He's having a lot of fun with it early on, if you're if you're seeing all of his tweets. They brought in an assistant coach in Pat Monahan, who's a rising star, young guy, helped big time with Southern Illinois' program over the last handful of years. You bring good people in that have good relationships and can really coach. That makes a guy like Reynolds kind of know exactly what he's signing up for. You know, if he goes to Wisconsin, for example, once one thing goes wrong, you can be yanked out of the game and then maybe you're not getting the type of playing time you thought you were signing up for. Or you could sign with a team like a, in the Big Ten and you never know who they're going to sign tomorrow, depending on how many roster spots they have. I'm not looking at Wisconsin's breakdown, for example, but I think if you're a tweener player, like obviously Reynolds played extremely well for a bad Wyoming team, but like, it's anyone's guess if that translates to a, a pretty solid Big Ten and consistent Big Ten program. You know, he knows if he goes to Green Bay, that's a team that's starting from scratch, redoing the roster, trying to get momentum building, get the community back involved. Being a part of that's probably pretty exciting. And he kind of knows if I if I go out in November and I make a bunch of mistakes, I'm fine. Like, I'm not losing playing time. I'm going to be a leader on this team for sure. From that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, creates a lot of cool opportunities, which is why I think guys like you and I are excited about the portal possibilities. You know, we've seen some of that stuff really come to fruition in the last couple seasons. You can look through leagues 7 through 32, and you can find probably at least a story or two in each league where that roster would not have been possible without the portal and creating those relationships. And then creating those relationships are so important because when you're an AD at like a Green Bay, you want to hire a guy that's going to bring like four guys with them. And, you know, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but that's something that Sundance could have brought up, for example, in his interview process. You see Ryan Odom go over to VCU. He's bringing uh, Shulga. He's got another guy from Utah State coming. They might get more, you know, so you're not just hiring a coach at that point. You're hiring a coach and a couple of key pieces right out of the gate. South Florida with Amira Abdul-Rahim bringing three of Kennesaw's best players that have all played together for four years. That's a huge advantage for the Bulls. That's something that ADs really have to prioritize if they're not already. I think they are, but yeah, for the future, you got to pay attention to that. And at a higher level as well, Kim English, the way that he's been bringing over a lot of the George Mason players over to Providence as well. So I wholeheartedly agree with you there. As joining me on the podcast, we do have... Our good friend Rocco Miller does great work over at Bracketeer.org, and that has been a trend that I've noticed in recent seasons. And more often than not, it really does pay off because as much as we take a look at these guys going to new places, what have you, chemistry still works. When you have a new coach, him being able to bring over some of the guys that he was coaching up in recent seasons, I think is very important. And 
just teams that aren't having to go into the transfer portal, I think that there should be a premium there because while all these teams that are bringing in five to six transfers are grabbing the headlines, it's not about winning the headlines, as you know. It's about winning games. I feel like chemistry is just still so important in college basketball in this day and age. Absolutely agree. Not that the portal was involved except for one player last year, but bring up Florida Atlantic. That's a team that had guys that were together for four years, most of them, some of them three. One guy, two years, and then Gaffney was the only portal player. I don't think they had any of those players were higher than a three-star recruit, and they all came on board with Dusty early in his tenure. He got hired in 2018. I think a lot of these guys started coming off the year after. Really just dedicated themselves to working together instead of being distracted by opportunities to transfer out. Up until this run, I mean, they really wanted to capitalize on NIL once they went on the run, but up until that point, they were so focused on basketball. I mean, one of the most impressive things about that team was right after, you know, losing the San Diego State buzzer beater game in the Final Four, the press conference, I mean, was more impressive than probably any press conference I saw all year. Just the fact that all they could do is think about getting in the weight room the next day and start working their butts off to get ready to get back there next year. Those kids are just built differently. They don't have your typical four-star, five-star egos. You know, they were all under-recruited, overlooked. Now they've built a ton of skill under Dusty May. That's another great way to do it. And it's really hard to pull off because typically you do have a kid or two or, or more, a player or two or more that have one foot in, one foot out, looking to go somewhere else after the season's over. But they've been able to find the magical group that wanted to stay together. You can tell just by how they faced all those different challenges, whether it was Memphis, whether it was Tennessee, Kansas State, Whoever it was, didn't really matter. They were so confident in their own abilities. That's why that team was so different and so special compared to any other team in the tournament. Yeah, it was so special to take a look at that. And they certainly are the poster child for being able to keep things all together. And Rocco, as we know, that's not always a possibility for all these teams. And the teams I think do a solid job are sort of the ones that they sort of find a way to... uh, spot that middle ground. Like Creighton last year, they bring in one key piece of Baylor Shireman while bringing back a lot of their core from last year. They've done it again this year. They lose Andrew Nemhart. That's a big loss, but picking up Steve Ashworth, I feel like they utilize the transfer portal to, protect, to perfection. They lose one or two pieces, but they're able to get someone very nice in the portal. Gonzaga, as we know, they're losing Drew Timmy. They pick up Graham E.K. They're the beneficiaries of that move as they get Mr. Nemhart themselves. They're two teams I'm very impressed with with their off seasons. Who are a few teams that really stand out to you? Because I'm sure that two of the ones I mentioned, there are some of the more impressive ones, but I know that you've been talking a lot about some of these stories are going a little bit under the radar. And I'm sure that there are a few that stand out to you that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. Once again, Arkansas is the classic Arkansas. They've already picked up a guy that I really, really like in Tremont Mark from Houston. And they pick up Davenport, one of Cincinnati's best players. L. Ellis is a special player, even though he was on a bad Louisville team. You know, Khalif Battle, you know, they scouted him well. They like what he brings to the table, give him a little bit more physicality. And, you know, Keon Menefield, a guy that is from University of Washington, where I'm from originally, and so watched a lot of their games. He can really fill it up, and he's an exciting player. I'm really curious to see how Arkansas fits him in. You know, I think over down to the south of them at LSU, you look at a team that brought in Jalen Cook, who I thought, especially at the time, early in the portal cycle, was possibly the number one player in the entire portal at the time, especially out of the point guards. So they get him to stay in Louisiana and go to LSU. Jordan Wright's a really solid player from Vanderbilt they brought in. I think Will Baker fills in nicely to give them a really large front line, but we know at Nevada, Baker played inside-outside, so he can give you a lot more than just interior play. 
And then Carlos Stewart, for them to get him from Santa Clara was disappointing for Santa Clara's side. But for his side, it's cool because he went to high school in Baton Rouge. He's going to be feeling really comfortable there. Really interested to see how he can perform at the SEC level because he had a tremendous year in the West Coast Conference last year. So, you know, LSU has gone out and definitely got some guys to make things interesting. I think they're not done yet either. You know, those two out of the SEC jump out. I mentioned NC State earlier. Not only to get MJ Rice, but they get DJ Horn from Arizona State, who was kind of doing it all for ASU in certain games. Middlebrooks comes over from Clemson. He's a quality player. And then Taylor from Butler, Jaden Taylor, he's, I think, probably their top guy from last year's team. So NC State's going all out trying to rebuild their roster. I could mention more and more, but you know, I think some of these new hires like Green Bay, you mentioned, they're doing a great job of doing what they can. They got a kid out of D2 that tore it up. He was a D2 All-American coming in. I, name's not in front of me. Colorado State, same thing. They got D2, I think, player of the year coming right over, played in Colorado in Division Two. So I know Colorado State's excited about him. They also, I think, picked up an interconference transfer thus far. I like what New Mexico's done to fill in for Morris Udeze. They bring in Triple J from Iona. And New Mexico's also picked up a couple other nice pieces as well. Definitely got my eye on the Lobos to to maybe take a step forward next year because we both know that Mashburn and House are the guys that make that offense go. So you plug in some improved pieces around them, which I think they've done, they should be able to take their game to the next level and compete for the top of the Mountain West. There's so many examples we can go on forever, but I think one other piece, I don't know if this will come up, so I'll bring it up. You know, there's 255 players that entered the NBA draft process, and a fraction of those are actually going to stay in the draft, right? Maybe 80 or 100 at most, because some of those guys will go overseas, or some of those guys are comfortable starting in the G League. But I think everybody else that has eligibility left They're either going to come back and hit the portal, I think most of them will, or just go back to their previous school. It's really difficult, I think, for the previous school to hold their spot unless it's somebody like Florida Atlantic where they have two players going through the process and they know there's a good chance they'll be back. What I'm getting at, Greg, is there's going to be teams that are sitting there waiting for these guys to hit the portal. And I think they're strategic and I think it's probably pretty smart. Like you look at Miami, they haven't signed a single guy out of the portal. We both know they got resources and money. They're going to be hitting these draft guys hard. This is how it played out last year too. So we should know what's coming. You look at a Kansas state, they might get Tyler Perry. We'll find out on May 2nd, but even if they do or they don't, they've got a lot of resources ready to get guys. You look at Chris Beard at Ole Miss. Yeah, without question. There's just so many teams out there that They are lurking in the weeds, to your point. They're going to be taking a look at these guys that are going to be going through the NBA draft process, and there's going to be another wave of transfers that are coming after this initial one. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things are going to be schemed. And Rocco, I know you do a great job of gauging all this. You do a tremendous job all 12 months of the year taking a look at college basketball. I know that this is actually a very busy time for you because there's a lot of teams that they're trying to figure out their schedules right now. You do a great job of being able to help out a lot of those teams with that regard. And I know you've got your finger on the pulse of college basketball. So love to get people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I appreciate that, Greg. A lot of conversations right now. In some ways, it's my favorite time of year because I'm, I'm on calls a lot throughout the day and even into the night <laughs> with staffs all over the country. And so coaches and administrators that build schedules, they, um, they're they way too busy during the season to, to have those conversations. And quite frankly, guys like us are too. <laughs> so this is the time of year where we finally get to sit down, catch up on stuff, talk about what they're hearing. I talk about what I'm hearing a really great way to stay connected.
perspective, which is why I love doing it beyond the fact that I'm kind of a scheduling nerd to begin with. So it works for kind of both sides of that mutually beneficial. Obviously on Twitter, you can follow me at Rocco Miller eight, you know, each day I'll probably have a series of schedule updates, at least during the week. I try to take the weekends off because it is pretty time consuming during the weekdays. My website, bracketsheer.org, we will be posting multiple items. So first of all, there's going to be some events, some breaking stories where I will write articles about either an event that's about to be announced or a special matchup. There's so many things in the works. I wish I could share more. You'll want to check the site for those articles. And then the non-conference schedule tab is coming back soon. And once again, I will start basically going in order of the best leagues from last year pertaining to Ken Palm. So the Big 12 will be first up. That page will probably be ready to go in the next week or two. And that'll be your one-stop shop to just basically on a conference-by-conference basis track each team's non-conference schedule. We'll have the most up-to-date, relevant information on there. And we also include like a bunch of little rumors and Easter eggs that you have to dig for because I won't, I won't tweet about them. But it's worth your time to check on that from time to time to see where your favorite team might be going next year. And you never know when that critical win, that critical loss is going to be what makes or breaks the team's resume in March. And that's the beauty of it all. And Rocco does so much for the sport of college basketball. He has so much great insight. And you hear it quite a bit on this podcast because he's one of the best. Always great to be able to get Rocco aboard. Big thanks to him for joining me on Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Houston Family Podcast. And coming up next, this is the time of the podcast. I give you a roundup of all the news and notes that we saw in college basketball the last 24 hours. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. 
Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With myself, Greg Eaps Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Rocco Miller, who does great work over at Bracketeer.org, on the podcast. He is absolutely amazing at taking a look at all things college basketball every single time he joins his podcast. We always get smarter due to his contributions and one of the most hardworking men that you are going to find in this sport that we all know and love. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we've seen in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Figuratively and literally, this is the biggest transfer in all of college basketball. Jamarian Sharp is the side that he is going to be teaming up with Chris Beard, and he is going to be heading on over to Ole Miss at seven foot five. He led all of college basketball in blocks per game last season with four point one, seven and a half points, seven and a half boards per contest. I think a coach like Chris Beard is going to be able to take him to the next level as he was playing for Slick Rick Stansberry last season, which Stansberry always has been able to do a good job of being able to attract talent, being able to get the most out of that talent, 
Not so much. Chris Beard, meanwhile, he's been just a mastermind at being able to get the most out of these guys, having to work with a gentleman that is seven foot five that's able to block shots the way that Sharp is. That is going to make Ole Miss very dangerous, and I do like what is being assembled by Ole Miss right now. As you just needed a little bit of a change of scenery in general in terms of that program, as things were not working out with Kermit the Frog Davis, but. You take a look at what Ole Miss has been able to assemble now. You've got the low post game that is all shored up. I do think that this team is going to be a little bit better from the outside as well. Bringing in someone like an Austin Nunes is big. Brandon Murray is able to pop a few threes. Good balance overall in terms of the transfers that have been brought in by this program. And I think that this one is just absolutely massive. Of note for NC State, they are going to be having DJ turn it up Burns back in the fold. In a starter's role last season, he was able to give the team right around 11 to 12 points per contest. Five boards, was able to do a solid job down low for them. Conditioning has always been a little bit of a concern for him, but him being back in the fold, that should be able to help out an NC State team that they do lose a lot of the backcourt from last season, but they've done a good job of being able to restock, bring in some guys via the transfer portal. DJ Turnitup Horn, he is going to be a nice contributor, in my opinion, for this team. They are still going to be a little bit thin down low past DJ Burns, but being able to get him back. That is massive as well. They also bring in Mohamed Diara. That should be able to lend a little bit more versatility. And if MJ Rice can pan out, he was a very highly touted guy before he decided to go to Kansas and just didn't get a lot of minutes at Kansas. I think that this has a lot of potential. This obviously has a lot of potential as well. Max Acemas has decided that he is going to be transferring over to Texas. Texas is back to having a really good scoring as for Acemas. His best scoring year came during the 2020-21 season. 24.5 points per contest. Shot 40 and a half percent from three. He was down to, I use that in air quotes, 21.9 points, four and a half boards, four assists, a steal on 37 half percent, three point shooting this last season. But I noticed with Oral Roberts, every year that Acemas was there, they were getting better and better on defense. That is going to be big because Texas, they always look to play some pretty relentless defense. I think that this is an incredible gift for them. So good on Ronnie Terry. And this should be a good fit for Max Acemas as well as you got to figure that he's going to be picking up quite a bit of the scoring load for this team. We did see Tariq Smith, who was playing at Oklahoma State last season, decide that he's going to be going to SMU. Actually began his career at Texas Tech, but... He was a solid role player this last year at Oklahoma State. Was able to put up five and a half points, four and a half boards. Not a guy that's really going to light it up from three, but at six foot seven, could be a big contributor for an SMU team that they really didn't have a lot down low last season. And I do think that for SMU, things are going to be able to work out as it's going to be year number two of their regime change that we saw last offseason as they brought in Rob Lanier. Very lean year for them last year, but it's just a very weird blend in general. There wasn't a lot of depth. SMU has brought in a lot of guys in the portal, and that should be able to address a lot of their depth issues. Now, I take a look at this, and I can't help but chuckle it. As Dewan Clayton is going to be back for year number eight of his college experience. Was limited to nine games this last year at Cal. And while he was at Cal, you know what? He put up 9.2 points, three assists, shot 37.5% from three-point range. Pretty much the only time that Cal could get anything generated on offense was when he was out there on the floor. So clearly he's still able to play basketball. It's easy to be able to play basketball when you're going up against a bunch of guys that are like six years younger than you, but at like 25 years old, Dewan Clayton back in the transfer portal, and I'm sure that there is going to be someone that picks him up. So that is very interesting to say the least. Van Myler thinks that he is pretty old as well. Tay Davis, he was playing this last year at Seton Hall. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Just wasn't necessarily the world's greatest fit at Seton Hall. Was able to see right around 13 and a half minutes per contest. Gave the team 
two and a half points, two and a half boards per contest. So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands because he was a relatively highly touted prospect coming out of high school, according to 247 Sports. This is a guy that was in their top 250. So I do think that he is going to be able to find a way, get onto a program that could utilize him a little bit better. Not necessarily a guy with a ton of versatility, but someone that's able to do a solid job down low. We did see a pair of guys that were at St. John's last season decide on their new landing spots, and both of them are going to be staying within the Big East, and this is going to be sticking with the Seton Hall thing. Dylan Adi Awusu, he has decided that he is going to be going to Seton Hall, and I think that this is a really good ad for them, as you had Adi Awusu put up some pretty massive numbers at the end of the 2021-22 season, and then in 2022-2023, I just don't understand why his usage rate was as low as it was, because it felt like whenever they got him the ball, good things happened, as you take a look towards back half of the season, he got many more touches, and things went better for him. From January 3rd on, he was a starter for the team. He was able to give the team four and a half boards, nearly two steals, three assists, 12 points per contest, shot 42.3% from three-point range. They didn't use him a lot in non-conference play, and the thing happened once again in the 2021-22 campaign. During the 2021-22 campaign, it was actually the exact opposite in which they utilized him a lot early on during the season, then they went away from him. You take a look at what he was able to do in the first, we're going to call it, 15 games of the season during that 2021-22 campaign. Shot 43.5% from three, gave the team 4.5 assists. He was able to fire in there 10.5 points per contest, and then they went completely away from him. So when you feature this guy, he's able to give you some really good production. I think that Seton Hall, they're going to be able to use him to the fullest. As Seton Hall, one of their biggest issues last year was three-point shooting. They want to play some tough defense. He's able to generate seals. I think that this is a tremendous fit, and he obviously knows the Big East very well. And then for Posh Alexander, not a guy that's going to go out there and light it up from three-point range. So Butler are going to need some three-point shooting to go along with someone like Posh Alexander, but Posh Alexander has always shown that he's able to do off the ball. I just feel like he and Andre Corbello were not a good fit in general. And Andre Corbello, I just don't know what the fit is for him at this point. He just feels like a lone man on a team that has to try to play one-on-five hero ball. And fortunately for Butler, I mentioned that they do need some shooting around him. They brought in DJ Turnitup Davis, a 40% three-point shooter from UC Irvine a season ago. He is going to be joined as well by Jabal Telford, who was the top scorer at Northeastern last year. But for Posh Alexander, last year was just a little bit of a washout from a little bit over 10 points per contest. Still had two steals, four assists per contest. Shot just 32% from three, but you take a look at when he was able to actually function during the 2021-22 season at St. John's two years ago. More like 14 points, 2.3 steals per contest. Was able to be very effective with five and a half assists to 2.4 turnovers per game. So relatively solid in terms of not turning the ball over. I think that this is a good get for Butler. Butler going to need to continue to add some shooting, but if you can add that shooting around someone like a Posh Alexander, I think that that's going to be working out very well. This, I think, is a very good ad. Kudus Wahab, he was playing last year at Georgetown. He has decided that he is going to Penn State. Penn State has been quite active in the transfer portal over the last few days, as they also did pick up Puff Johnson about 48 hours ago. But I really do like this ad for them as Wahab. You take a look back at the 2020-21 season when Georgetown was able to make the NCAA tournament. He had that year 12.5 points, 8.2 boards, 1.5 blocks per contest. Has familiarity with the Big Ten, where... At Maryland, he was averaging more like 8 points, right around 5.5 boards at a block per contest. This year at George. 
touchdown. He had some not so great numbers down low, seven boards, nine and a half points per game, but that's because Georgetown was a complete and utter mess. Now being able to get the tutelage of, oh, I don't know, an actual coach, I think that that is going to be able to help him out. So I do like this at for Penn State, a Penn State team that I think is going to be a very fascinating one for this upcoming season under the tutelage of Mike Rhodes and with Kudus Wahabis used to playing in an up-tempo system as well. Darian Ford just really didn't see the floor in general for Arkansas this last year, but is a former top 100 recruit. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. His numbers this year from Arkansas not notable at all. 0.7 points per contest. You really have to just go back to what he did during his high school years and this guy has really good measurements. He's a good freak athlete. He does need to work a little bit on his three-point shot in my opinion but I think that he could be a relatively good combo guard. I do think that his passing is a little bit underrated as well so I do think that there's a little bit of a hidden gem here in the transfer portal. So we're going to see where he ends up. We know where this man is going to be ending up. Jackson Brenchley. He was playing this last season over at Utah. He has decided that he is going to be going to Denver. Just really didn't see a lot of minutes this past year for Utah. His biggest year actually came during the 2019-20 season where he was able to average 4.5 points, 2.4 boards. He's someone with size that's able to pop threes that year. Shot about 36.5% for three-point range at 6.5 for his career. Only about a 30% three-point shooter. But we've seen Denver do a very solid job being able to utilize some of these guys in the transfer portal that were maybe a little bit of cast-offs. We saw this this last season with Lucas Canusas, who just couldn't get out there on the floor for Stanford. He turned into a guy that was able to give the team 10 points, 5.5 rebounds per game. I think that that is very realistic for him. Lucas Monroe, he has decided that he is going to be going from Penn, and he is going to be staying within the state, and he is going to be going to Drexel for Monroe. He was able to do a solid job down low for Penn this last season. Was a little bit more of a defense-oriented player that saw some starts, has never really been the world's greatest three-point shooter at 30% from three, and he just did a good job of knowing his role with Penn. Nice player with five points, six boards, two assists per contest. A master of none, but very good at very, very many type of guy for Drexel and what they're looking to build. I think that this is absolutely perfect for them as Drexel, they were a slow grimy team that hung their head on defense last year under Zach Spiker. Spiker is someone that used to coach up at Army, getting someone like Lucas Monroe. I think that this is a perfect fit for all involved. Tyrone Williams, he this last season was playing at Oregon and he has decided that he is going to be moving on over to Old Dominion. Just really didn't see a lot of minutes in general. Was a very highly touted junior college transfer from Grayson, Texas. He only averaged about two and a half points, two boards per contest. You take a look at what he was able to do at the junior college level and this guy was absolutely explosive and we've seen Old Dominion as well have a lot of success when they have brought in some of these guys from the junior college level as you just take a look at what Tyrone Williams was able to do two seasons ago at Grayson College and he averaged like 27.5 points, 6.5 boards, 2.5 assists, shot 43.5% from three as a 6.5 a little bit of a combo guy in Oregon has just not known how to utilize these transfers in recent years. It's been very interesting to find. So he is deciding to go to Old Dominion and I think that this is a very good get for them. Majak Koth, he was playing this last season at Northwestern State. He decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Began his career at San Jose State. Actually, if you want to go back even further, he was a relatively highly touted junior college transfer. 
when he was at San Jose State. Limited sample size, but was averaging right around 7.5 points, 5 boards. Just could not find his way in Northwestern State. Only averaged 2 points per game, but at six foot eight, he's got relatively good versatility. He's able to do a very good job of being able to man things down low. Has got good hops, so we're going to see where he is going to be ending up. We are seeing more and more of these as well, like Vincent Machevich. He was playing this last season at UW-Milwaukee. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level. This is very easy for handicapping. All you need to note is that Mr. Machevich, who began his career at Incarnate Word, couldn't find his way with UW-Milwaukee, though two years ago at Incarnate Word was actually a starter with right around seven boards per contest this year at UW-Milwaukee. Two rebounds, 1.3 points per game, but all you need to note is that this man was at the D1 level last year. He is no longer there. Cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on, so nice, clean, and easy there. And all Patriot League rookie performer and C.J. Fulton has decided that he is going to College of Charleston. College of Charleston, they're a team that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. They love versatile players. I think that they're going to love C.J. Fulton. This last season over at Lafayette, averaged 10.5 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, shot 38.5% from 3. Doesn't necessarily master one thing, but he's very good at knowing where he is on the floor. The one adjustment is that College of Charleston plays significantly faster and more up-tempo than Lafayette, but this is a kid with a very good skill set. He's very willing to do whatever it takes for his team, and I think that he is going to fit in very well with this College of Charleston system, and that helps out the fact that College of Charleston, they're looking to stay very, very deep in terms of their rotation. Joseph Yusufu has decided that he is going from Kansas, and he is going to be heading on over to Washington State. This is good for Yusufu. Last season over at Kansas, just saw limited minutes. Four points per contest, only shot about 29% from three. Last time he was really given legitimate minutes. That was at Drake. He was pretty much our sixth man on that team during the 2020-21 season that made the NCAA tournament. He was averaging a steal, 13 points, shot about 38.5% from three-point range. I think that he could be sort of like what Tyrell Ghost Roberts was for them a few seasons ago. A guy that'll give you double figures, a guy that'll knock down some threes. Not necessarily the world's greatest facilitator or anything like that, but I think that he could be a nice microwave scorer out in the Pac-12. So I do like that move. Latrey Dothard has decided that he is going from Utah Valley and he's going to be heading on over to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been very interesting the way that they have been operating in the transfer portal because I do think that Oklahoma is going to be looking to get to that Porter Mosier just style that they had at Loyal Chicago a few seasons ago where they were playing super slow, super grimy, but base around guards, positionless basketball, and I do think that he's got the pieces to be able to do so. Dothard was able to put up some good numbers this last year at Utah Valley. 13.5 points per contest. Someone who's always been a good three-point shooter. His career average is 37.8% for three at 35.6% for three. This was actually a career low for him this past season, but he's joined by JVL McCollum who was one of the better scorers out there in the Metro Atlantic. Rivaldo Soares, who couldn't find his way at Oregon, but he was a relatively highly touted junior college transfer. And John Ugly, who two seasons ago was Pittsburgh's leading scorer. So I do like what Oklahoma has been doing in the transfer poll. I think the big question is, how are these pieces all going to fit together? Because they do have a lot of good pieces. The question is, the fit itself. This is going to be an interesting fit as... Trevon Blazengame. He was playing this last year at Fairleigh Dickinson. He has decided that he is going to be going to Ido. Blossom Game is one of those guys that went up from the non-D1 level up to the D1 level. So 
I do think that this is going to be a relatively solid ad for them, and this is someone that I think has a little bit of an upside. He was able to only give the team right around two points per contest last season over at Fairly Dickinson, but I do think that given a few more minutes, given his skill set, he was mostly a three-point shooter in high school. He should be able to do some nice things. And he is from the Pacific Northwest, actually a kid from Auburn, Washington. So he's heading quite a bit closer home. We saw Duncan Boom Boom Powell decide that he is going to be going from North Carolina A&T. And he's going to be going over to Sacramento State. For Mr. Powell this last season, solid all-CAA freshman performer. He played one game during the 2021-22 season with North Carolina A&T medical redshirt there. But 8 points, 5.5 boards per contest. Not a guy with like amazing versatility or anything like that at six foot eight two twenty five, but exactly what Sacramento State is looking for. Sacramento State, slow, grimy team as looking to just really drag you out and is looking to just be able to find their opportunities to pounce, play some good defense. I think that he's gonna be able to check those boxes and they do get with them a score as well in Brandon Betson. Betson was playing this last season over at Tulsa and was one of the few guys for Tulsa that could make an outside shot. Shot 41% from three, nine and a half points per contest. Two seasons ago at Chicago State was an even better score. 14.2 points, three assists, shot 37% from three-point range. Relatively well-traveled man, but a guy that for Sacramento State they badly need because Sacramento State, they rely upon defense. They rely upon three-point shooting. They address both needs on Thursday. I like what they're doing there. And I like the fact that B.J. Mack is heading on over to South Carolina. This should be a good gift for South Carolina. Six foot eight, do it all sort of player that last year averaged 16 and a half points, 5.6 boards from three point shot, 33 and a half percent from three, down from the 44.8 percent from three they shot two seasons ago. Six foot eight, 250. I know that they brought in South Carolina did a few guys that I felt like were undersized for the conference a few seasons ago. Guys like Hayden Brown and company weren't fits. BJ Mack at six foot eight, 250. He's got much more frame than I do think is going to bode well. For this conference and then Jacob O'Connell he was a little bit more of a role player this last year at Princeton is decided that he is going to be going to Merrimack we have seen Merrimack just be able to find gold in some of these guys now for O'Connell he put up right around one and a half points one and a half rebounds per contest so I can't say that I expect him to have a massive impact for the scene but at six foot 11 240 pounds he's got a good body in Merrimack they've always done a good job of being able to coach these guys up Joey Gallo I never doubt him and Something else I don't doubt is that we are going to continue to get lots of news and notes this college basketball season, and I'm going to be saying on top of all of them, if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnn underscore one Keep in mind, Lurzium, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five-star review, a big thanks to Rocco Miller. He does great work at Bracketeer.org and does a lot. In terms of college basketball scheduling, he joined me in the last segment coming at you guys every single day on this podcast, which means I am going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That 
That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.